Hi, I am Hannah Beer, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Unraveling Money Podcast, where we approach the often stressful, and let's admit it, very confusing topic of money in an entirely new and different way. In this space, money gets to be blissful. Welcome to another episode of Unraveling Money. Today is a very, very, very exciting day for me. One of my favorite people forever Mm. and ever and ever and ever. My longtime friend, (laughs) colleague, uh, Melaine Lee Butler is here today. Welcome, Melaine. Hi, Hannah. I'm so happy to be here and, and be with your audience and share whatever divine transmission comes through. I just love you so much. I've known Malene mm-hmm. for Thanks, many sister. years. I think you did the yes. math. Six years now, seven years. Yeah, I think it's been like, yeah, like six years going into seven. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> when we started our businesses, <laughs> I feel like both of us were babies not knowing anything at all. So we've just kind of grown oh my and God, made yes. mistakes and had babies and fell in yeah. love. Like so much has happened. You we were just kind totally. of like in contact throughout it all. Melaine is originally from Jersey in the U.S. And I love your little like Jersey attitude. My family, we used to always go to New Jersey to the Jersey shore and vacation. And so just Jersey has a special place in my heart, except Mm. for the pigeons that always stole my funnel cake, but that's a different story. (laughs) So you went from, you know, you're going to take us through your story, but what you do today is you're a wealth amplifier, a master business coach, and you currently live in New Zealand with your four boys and you're currently pregnant with a baby girl on the way. So tell us about your money story. Mm, Yeah. I mean, it's been a wild journey, you know, like coming into a space where I feel really good about money. And I just always trust that all my needs, desires, and requirements will always be met no matter what. And the magic that has transformed over my life because I've owned those as my truth and belief has been profound. You know, like the money that just shows up in my life from unexpected places, it it never ceases to amaze me, but it also is like, wow, I've come so far. So if we go back even prior to when I began being a life coach and business coach, and of course I wasn't teaching business and money right off the bat because that wasn't my strong suit, but it quickly became that. But prior to that, I'd say if we go back to, you know, my late teens, my early twenties, I had no training around money. The examples that I had around money were basically, you know, feast and famine. There were constantly arguments over money in my house. There was constantly just like upset over money. And so therefore I just kind of kept living that cycle. When I went into my late teens, early twenties and started making money on my own, it was like, I'd make a lot and then I'd spend it all and I'd make a lot and then I'd spend it all. And I went through kind of that similar feast or famine cycle, you know, that I was in my whole life experiencing with my family, you know, and, and also similarly to the, to the way they paid attention to me or loved me. It was a feast or famine type of cycle in my house. Like there, there's so many connections with that, with food, with money, with love, with all the things. Um, it was a very common theme playing out. 
And when I was in my early twenties, I actually declared bankruptcy because I was so, you know, I used to say that I was irresponsible, but I was uneducated. I was uninformed. I was disempowered around money. So I can't say I was irresponsible because I didn't have the tools to support me. So if you're someone listening in and you're like, you know, struggling with money or it's not working for you, it's not that you're irresponsible or a bad person. It's just that you don't have the tools. So it's making that decision and empowering yourself to be on the lookout and start searching for the tools and the solution. So I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the solutions. And so the best option seemingly that I was guided to was declaring bankruptcy, which took seven years of my life to like rebuild everything. So that was like a really big thing because I didn't know how to use credit cards. As as I said, I wasn't educated. I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. I was constantly like living paycheck to paycheck in my twenties and writing out a check to quickly deposit into the bank to then hopefully make the money before it came. I mean, it was just so unmanageable, so chaotic. And I would say back in 2013, I had this real spiritual awakening. Now, mind you, my whole life was unmanageable. I was in the throes of eating disorder. Um, I was addicted to many things in my life that were super toxic for me. So I feel like, of course, my relationship with money was really toxic. Of course, it was feast or famine. Of course, it was a constant like upheaval because my whole life was like that. So how would I expect that one relationship was going to thrive when really my whole life was just not working for me? And I feel like the gift was money brought me to my knees to be like, I have to start looking at the other behaviors because those other behaviors were also driving the toxic relationship that I had with money. You know, it was like all interwoven. And so when I had this real spiritual awakening in this moment where I call it like this white light moment where I literally heard God talking to me. And I heard this voice say, if you start to be of service to me and others and listen to my will, listen to my guidance, I'll lift all of your problems. I'll lift all of your addictions. And I was like, well, I mean, I could be losing my fucking mind right now. Like I could be going crazy. I I was like 27, 28 at the time, but my life isn't working. It's completely unmanageable. So I don't know. I'm going to listen to this voice that I thought was God. And, And still to this day, I believe it was my divine higher power, God. And from that moment, literally the cravings for Uh, I was bulimic, which is not ironic because it's very similar to the way I dealt with money, feast or famine, right? So it's like binging and purging. Um, It literally like that obsession to want to do it or to need to do it was lifted as were many other toxic behaviors in my life. Like I just didn't have any desire anymore. Now I say that that was lifted and I also took action and started to behave and act as if it was lifted and that my life was shifted. So I had that line in the sand moment back in 2013. And I'd love to tell you that like, and then my money got so bad, so much better. My relationship got better. 
it slowly did because I started looking for solution because I was living a healthier life because I was loving myself because I fell in love with who I was. I was discovering the amazing human that I was. And so my love, like receiving love, the in the um, capacity for that was expanding. And also my capacity to give love was expanding. And so in correlation, that started to happen with money, you know, and there was a lot of healing and deep work that I had to do around my family, which I know you teach a lot about and, and just a lot of work. And I really just threw myself into cleaning up the internal landscape because I knew, and I started to see results that when that started to clean up, my external reality shifted and, and it slowly started to shift. And it was like, you know, back then I got a $30,000 raise, which was huge. Like that's a big deal when you're only 28 and you don't really know, you know, like you don't know your, your head from your butt. (laughs) And then you just suddenly wake up one day and you're starting to do this work and you get a $30,000 raise. I was like, whoa, whoa. Because I also was like, so clear on who I was that I was willing to ask for exactly what I needed and desired. And then I was getting $10,000 bonuses, $20,000 bonuses, because I was just asking for it. And then I really wanted this position at a life coaching company. And I asked, like, I asked the universe for it. I put it out there. And like a week later, boom, I got a phone call. They asked me if they wanted, I wanted the position. They came in at, at the time I was making like around $120,000 at the current position I had. And so I said, I wasn't going to leave for anything under that. When they came in, they offered me the position at 50 K. Now I think most people would have just like disregarded the position. No, fine, whatever. And I just said to them, well, I'm a no for that position at that price. And they were like, okay, well, what price point do you want? And I was like 130,000. Cause I knew that if I came in at exactly what I wanted, they were probably going to want to compromise. So I wanted some wiggle room to compromise. And in any case, I ended up getting the exact salary that I wanted. I got to come in late, leave late. I got full benefits. I got all of these like perks because what I started to realize was that I was deserving of everything that I wanted. And all of those things that I was asking for was just the universe's way of appreciating and loving me and adorning me. And it's like, well, why the universe, God, source, higher power, whoever you believe in, doesn't want you to struggle. It's like, that's not the point here. It's supposed to be easy, but I didn't get that point for a while. And once I understood that, I just started asking for what I wanted and I've never not got what I wanted. I always get what I want because I just ask. And I remember, you know, sitting at the office of that job, which is my last job before starting my life coaching practice and and career, which, you know, took off and jumped leaps and bounds financially. But I remember sitting in that office and someone saying one day, you have full benefits, like health insurance. And I'm like, yeah, you don't. And they're like, no. And I'm like, did you ask? And they said, no. 
well, you don't ask, you don't get, you know, and I feel like that's the biggest lesson that I had from the get-go. And when we feel unworthy or unlovable or undeserving, we don't ask for what we want and then we don't get it. Mm. You're amazing, Melaine. This is so incredibly powerful. And I love how you walked us through the different ways that you really overcomplicated money and your realization that it's not actually so difficult. Yeah. So when you work with clients, what would you say is the number one way that most women overcomplicate money? Yeah, you know... It's interesting because with my business too, like as soon as I started and was out of the gates with my business, within the first six months, I made six figures and then that doubled and it, and every year it just keeps going, growing and growing and growing. And that's because I have a a strong truth and belief that that's what happens where I feel a lot of people when they first come to me, my clients that first come to me. They have really, for lack of better words, like shitty belief systems and values, period. Not just pertaining to money, but life in general. And that encompasses money. So I feel like one of the biggest things that I do from the beginning is just an overhaul and a rewrite of the belief system, the value system of how they interact with the universe and what they desire their truths to be. Because a lot of people are walking around with these truths that they've bought from or identified with from their parents, their grandparents, society, teachers, you know, whoever was like a big influence on them. And so I think that that's a, a really great starting point for anyone listening in too. It's like identifying what truths in your life are really limiting and not serving you in general? And what truths would you like to identify with? And then you can get more specific in the money area. But I find that it's like, well, I never get what I want. That's just how it is. Or, you know, that's a very common truth that people come to me with. Like, well, I just, it, it might be nice for them, but it just never happens for me. I never really get what I want. I sometimes get close to what I want. I really have to work hard for everything that I get. And those are more generalized beliefs, but they surely affect your relationship with money, you know? Yeah, it's all some version of the story. I'm not good with money. And so we don't even yeah. try. We don't even ask. We don't even... Yeah you know, attempt something new. And then if we do, we kind of do it half acidly. Like we won't go all the way in. It's really fascinating to me how until it hurts bad enough, like sometimes when people come to me and they're like, I'm not sure if I should work with you. I'm like, you know, how bad does it need to hurt for you to make this shift? Like, do you need to be a hundred K in debt? Do you need to be 200 K in debt? Like, is that painful enough yet? Do you need to lose your job? And does your husband need to lose his job too? And only then does it hurt enough for you to give yourself the gift of figuring out your money? It's almost like we have this inner pain set point that we're so willing to live with because we don't know anything else. And so we spend a lifetime accumulating 
you know, shitty stories about money from our ancestors, from our parents, from society, from our own life, from our friends, from TV, from songs, from like, it goes on and on and on. And so we're all cluttered up with this crap. And then we, it's like a really dirty windshield. And so we see the world, not as it really is, but just in a really limiting, very scary kind of way. I remember when I was you know, exactly in the place that you were just describing, like the worst money mindset, the world looked so scary. I was terrified every single moment of my life. I didn't even sleep. I couldn't even eat. Like I had this nausea in my, like, even now as I'm like remembering, I'm just getting chills. It felt terrible in my body. And like, I was like seeing doctors and stuff. Nobody was able to fix it. And I was convinced I had an anxiety disorder. Turns out having my basic needs met really helps with that. (laughs) Totally, totally. And, and, you know, now more than ever, I think this conversation is just so relevant and important to have because a lot of people will be affected by what's going on externally in the world, you know, the global economy and the, you know, all the, what is it? Inflation and all of that stuff going on. I'm like, what is that thing called that I'm not even participating in because I'm just not available for it. My truth isn't affected by what the gas price is or what the, you know, bread prices or milk prices, because all of my needs are always met. So if the bread price goes up to $20 a week, whatever, doesn't, doesn't bother me because then I'll just, doesn't bother me, right? Because I'm always having all my needs, requirements, and desires met. If I need more, I ask for more and I receive more, period. Like, end of story. It is that simple. We as human beings like to overcomplicate everything. And even hearing that might be triggering for some people. It's like, well, no, that's not how it is. But what is keeping you so loyal to a life that keeps you so stuck or to a life that keeps you so broke? That's the real question to ask too. We're holding on for dear freaking life. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like to really not let it that. get any better. But what I loved was what you said all the way in the beginning where you said, I could have called myself irresponsible. I was really just uneducated. And it's crazy to me all of us have in, have like interactions with money a gazillion times a day, whether it's you making a wire transfer or you're paying for something or you're thinking about money or just anything. Like if we were to count how many times a day we interact with money, it's a lot, even if you're not like handling actual cash. So yeah. we're using this thing called money and we have no idea what we're doing with it. It's like letting somebody fly an airplane and they... Mm even received any training like how the hell are we being unleashed onto money not knowing anything it's like the blind leading the blind right because our parents didn't know their parents didn't know and then many people benefit from us like believing that money is difficult who benefits from women being afraid who benefits from women believing that it's okay to earn less you know or like hispanic women in the united states like you know, those numbers are staggering to me. Is it true that they earn 30 cents on the dollar to- I feel like, I I don't know the statistics with like different cultures and Mm -hmm. different races within the US, but I do know for a fact that women in general, and I think this could be just blanket globally, 
won't ask for a raise, whereas their counterpart as a male will, um, and will have a same position, whereas the counterpart of a male will, that they are paid 30% less than the, the male counterpart because they're not willing to ask, go to bat, negotiate, et cetera. And so then they settle. I know that statistic for a fact. I don't know, like, you know, if you get into the different female ethnic differences, but I'm for sure 100% certain that the BIPOC community, particularly in the United States, would be even less than that as well. Mm -hmm. So, and that, and that's, I think from, you know, there's so many things, lack of resources, lack of education, lack of equality, um, lack of equity. Like there's so much that would contribute to that. But I feel like these conversations are so wonderful to have because how does that change? Well, it changes by having awareness that it's even happening so that you can start asking or getting educated or finding solution to support you in enhancing your relationship with money, you know, and, and a hundred percent, the school systems are really an indoctrination to keep you in line, to be in a system, to fall in place, to be compliant. So it really wouldn't benefit anyone that gets a lot of the money (laughs) if you are really educated and empowered with money and know how actual easy it is to make money it's almost like there's two sides of the coin right like one is the extremely positive part where you know once you figure out your money like peace of mind options happiness fun like bliss like all these lovely things we enter your life you feel so well taken care of life gets so much easier I once had a client like look at me in disbelief when I said more money always makes my life easier and she was like I learned the opposite from my dad he said the more money you make the harder life gets I'm like I wouldn't want to believe that like that's terrible but then on the other side like there's a sense of friction that I've been noticing throughout my entire life because like you I'm you know people who come to this work are rebels we're people who've always been different who never really fit in. Like we're the women who are like wild and crazy and we can't be controlled and we say what we think and we speak up and we make a mess. And, you know, it's, I love us for that. But there's like friction between like the normal world and us. Um, How did you, how do you navigate that? And how did you navigate that? I think it's getting really comfortable being in your own company mm. and, and being okay with being with yourself. Because prior to who I am today, let's go back maybe, you know, before 2013. So how long ago was that? Almost 10 years ago. You know, like if we go back 10 years, I ha- couldn't be alone. I couldn't be alone. I had to always be with people or surrounded by people so that I felt like I was a part of, I was one of, I was amazing. And I needed that reaffirmation, reassurance. I actually, just the other day, my mom and I were having a chuckle because when I was in like middle school, so in my earlier teen years, I was obsessed with asking my friends if they were mad at me. Like I wanted to make sure that everyone loved me and that we were okay and that all was well. 
And we like had a chuckle and I just was like, mom, fuck, like that just breaks my heart that that's where I was at at that point in my life because I was so dependent on external validation for being okay. And so now it's like, I don't need that. I'm okay with being me and, and being alone. And I feel like the answer to your question is like being comfortable and being in your own presence and getting really intimate in your own relationship with self and your higher power of your choosing. And, you know, one of my friends said to me once, Malene, if you have can count on your hands, the quality friends that you have, you are a blessed woman. Mm -hmm. And so what I've realized is it's really, you know, that old saying and cliches are cliches for a reason, right? So it's like, it, it really is quality, not quantity. So I no longer worry about needing to have the validation of all the likes or all the comments or, you know, all the friends and having big followings and all these friends and all these people that I hang out with. I'm okay with having my close circle of girlfriends or friends and I'm okay. And I, and like, even if that got ripped away from me, I would still be okay. Cause I'm so okay with myself. Does mm-hmm. that answer the question? Ah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's, it reminds me of the definition of self-esteem. It's how you yes. feel about yourself. And I always yeah. laugh when, you know, like it's all these articles and newspapers and stuff. It's like, um, you know, teenagers today have such low self-esteem because they bully each other. And I'm like, the definition of self-esteem is how you feel about you. Yeah. So in a way, other people can't increase or decrease your sense of self-esteem. The question okay. is, how do you choose to feel about yourself? How do you choose yeah. to see yourself? Do you choose yeah. to have your own back? Do you choose to love yourself through thick and thin? Do you choose to be ride or die with yourself? Do you choose to see yourself in the highest light? Do you choose to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and try again? You know, do yeah. you choose to relate to yourself in this way? And then the world gets to, you know, cause sometimes people wake up and they have had like a shitty night's sleep. So they choose to hate you that day. And then the next day, somebody wakes up and they choose to think that your nose is more beautiful than theirs. So they're going to be jealous of you. Like it has all to do with them and nothing with you, but what a terrible place to live in. And you and I have done it for a long, long time when our sense of happiness within ourselves, like goes up and down with whatever other people are feeling like, yeah, totally. It's just, and that's how you won't navigate, you know, like you won't be able to navigate or be true to yourself or be that wild you know, so, and, and I'm not going to say that there aren't mo- moments that I have that I'm like, oh, that kind of stung a little bit, mm-hmm. but p- compared to back in the day, that wouldn't have just stung. That would have taken me out for weeks. You know, someone's comment, someone's rudeness, someone's disbelief in me. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, you know, like I was just saying to my husband, a friend of mine hasn't really been as empowering or uplifting in our relationship as it used to be. And I was like, huh. And there were some comments that she made that if that were, if they were made 10 years ago, I would have been in tears. I would have been so upset. And instead I was like, wow, bless her. She must be going through some really rough things. And right now I think it's probably best for me if I just love her, bless her from afar, because it's feeling like she's wanting to like 
pull me down into that with her. And I, and I'm just not a space for that. I still love her. Whereas back in the day that I would have gotten knocked down from that. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah. I want to be where you are, Melaine. I want to be where Hannah is. I want to be there. And it's baby steps. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's just a noticing of how can I love myself more? What can I do to nourish myself more? And when that, when that thing comes in, whether it's a person's comment or someone's, you know, old voice that you hear from your parent or whatever it is, it's kind of rocking you a little bit and not allowing you to be true to yourself and to your truth and to your wildness. It's just a noticing of like, huh, is that truth? Will that matter in five years? Does it have anything to do about me? And if the answer is no to any of that, or like, no, it won't matter. No, it's not truth. No, it has nothing to do with me. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And give yourself grace. And, you know, in the beginning, it took me like maybe a couple of days to bounce back mm-hmm. where now it takes me a couple minutes, you know, and it's just practice. I love that. It really shows how abundance is so much more than money. Like yeah. it's also the sense of generosity in relationships. You know, do you believe that there's so much space for people to get to make mistakes? You know, I used yeah. to be so scared of making mistakes. I was like, what if somebody sees it? And what if they don't forgive me? And so it was like anytime, like either like whether it was writing an email or posting something or launching something, I was like, oh, this better be right. This better be good because I shouldn't be making any mistakes. And then now to be in this space that you're talking about, it's like, yes, I'm giving other people grace. I'm giving myself grace. Everybody is welcome to make mistakes. Like if somebody says something shitty about me, it's like, cool, let's talk about it. Let's take some, let's take a breather, like whatever is needed, love can flow anyway. And so it's like, it's like you and I would probably started being like, you know, this money thing needs to shift. Yeah. Like the side effects. Unlike anything I ever dreamed would be possible. It's like money started and then everything else is like, because you're you're worth and your value of like who you know you are start to go up so then your boundaries tighten what you allow and accept gets really different what you're available and not available for gets really different and so your whole identity starts to shift I call it the wealthy woman identity of like you know that wealthy woman who is already within you who already resides within you, when she's fully unleashed, that identity is vastly different from the one that isn't the wealthy woman. And wealth for me, isn't just like tons of money, although that's included because that creates ease and flow and freedom because it just does. (laughs) And, you know, but also she has a healthy relationship with her partner. She has healthy relationship with her children. She has healthy relationship to self, to God, to all the areas in her life are working towards the 10, you know? So it's not just because, you know, in my twenties, I was around the wall street crew when I lived in Manhattan and there was a lot of money, but there was a lot of unhealthy things going on in that arena as well. And a lot of those people that I knew that were really extremely wealthy back then aren't so much now, or their health has deteriorated. Some of them have died at a young age. So when I say wealth, I'm like, let's be in all areas of life. 
Yeah, I just, I love that. One last question. I know you're all about the practices, the morning practices. What's your morning practice right now? Mm, So good. So my morning practice is like constantly evolving. Uh, I I don't want to say evolving, actually. Let me take that back. I'm going to delete that comment and put a new one in. I guess evolve might be the word, but basically what I want to say is that the tools that I'm using now since 2013, so nearly a decade later, are not different tools that I used back then. So back then when I didn't have a lot of money or didn't have the, the external reality that I wanted, I was still using these same tools. So I always say like back to basics. When something's not working, go back to basics. Like the basics always work. And so for me, that is prayer, meditation, and journaling. Those three are like my top three. And I interweave them. So sometimes the way I pray is different or the way I meditate is different or the way I journal is different, or I might add in some new and fun practices. But if anything happens, I always strip it back to that. Like if I'm creating too much overwhelm or work for myself, because, you know, sometimes that happens, we press on the gas too much. And I'm like, wait a minute, why is my morning routine like five hours long? So (laughs) (laughs) this isn't, this isn't what it's for, but right now what I'm doing is, is prayer is meditation and, and some journaling, like deep gratitude journaling at the moment. And I also love to read a page out of, I have like a more of a spiritual book where I read one page a day and it has like a little passage that's just uplifting and supportive. And then if I'm feeling frisky during in the morning, I'll, um, I'll put on something that is uplifting, whether it's, I always have meditation music playing, I should say, but if I'm feeling like I have some extra space and I just want to listen to something, I'll put on a podcast that's uplifting for me. So something like this, or it might be more spiritual, whatever it is. But I, in the morning, what I like to say is that if you don't take time to give back to you first, before you give back to the world and open up this thing, <laughs> then it's going to be a crazy day. And, and not opening up that phone And doing something for myself first is paramount. And I really invite everyone to do that because that's literally saying to the universe, I come first. So I have to lead by example, because if I'm not leading by example, the universe isn't going to, they're going to be like, well, no, it's everyone else. And then you, right, Malene? Because that's what, that's how you show up. Mm -hmm. No, it's me. And then I can be of service to everyone else. I'll just end with this. I, after having each of my children, I go to a physiotherapist and she helps me get my abdominal wall back in shape and my pelvic floor and helps me get back into shape. And she says to me, what's your pyramid look like? And I'm like, uh, what pyramids? <laughs> what are we talking about? Are we talking about like the pyramids in Egypt? She's like, no, your pyramid. Because a lot of times, especially mothers, especially women, that pyramid, they have it like this they're on the bottom and everything else is on the top and inevitably it will collapse. You get to be on the top of that pyramid. And I was like, she said this to me when I had my first son, like four years ago. And I remember thinking, fuck, that is such a great visual for the work that I do. Like we get to be 
at the top of the pyramid, we're the goddesses, we're these amazing warriors. We get to be at the top. And when we are, everything flows. Mm, and this is non-negotiable because sometimes, yeah. I don't know about your clients, but sometimes my clients are like, yeah, but like my, my kids, yeah, but like this, yeah. I'm like, no freaking butts. It is you. And then we can yes. create some space. And then we'll see what we fill in. But this is a non, non, non-negotiable. It needs to be taken so seriously because everything in this world will try and convince you otherwise and not believe it. Totally. You know, and like I have little kids, so they get up early for, you know, Hannah knows this, but for people listening in. So that means that I get up earlier so that I have that time for me before they get up because that's the priority you know like oh you're going to the airport this morning or you're giving birth today or whatever doesn't matter still did my morning routine you know it's anchoring it's grounding and it's something like life is so unpredictable there's nothing that you can really control in life you know you but if you're equipped if you're grounded if you're nourished the way you'll interact with life will be vastly different. So powerful, Malene. Thank you so much for your time today. Will you share with us where people can connect with you? Yeah. So you guys can find me at MaleneLeeButler.com, which is my website with all of my goodies, all of my things, all of whatever my latest creations are will always be there. And then that exact name, you can find me on Instagram, as well as on Facebook, I'm, I'm always doing something, creating something. So you can find me there. Amazing. And we're also posting all of the links below this episode. So you guys can click through, connect with Melaine. She is really one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people. Anytime I talk to Melaine, I just leave feeling so uplifted, so happy. There's always new insights coming through. I'm so, so, so grateful to have you in my life. Thank you for today. You're so welcome. Bye guys. I've got a special gift for you. Claim your 13 Money Bliss affirmation cards and accompanying audio at hannahbeer.com slash affirmations. That's H-A-N-N-A-B-I-E-R dot com slash affirmations for free right now. These affirmation cards are magical. When you read them once, twice, again and again, they will open the way to a new and more fruitful relationship with money. You'll start to live this energy called money bliss and be astounded with the amazing results you can create in no time. I promise. Head on over to hannahbeer.com slash affirmations now.